We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics, and we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst. This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstained by this world, to keep ourselves unstained by this world. And one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world, alert you to what's happening in the culture, and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world. We have some great speakers coming out, Dr. Kathy Cook. We're going to have Dr. Taryn Dames. We have have some great things happening, like some breakout sessions. We have culture-proof kids, culture-proof teens. It's something for the whole family and so you want to register we're going to give out more information is coming but you want to register the registration will start in february so just be on the lookout for that culture proof conference 2024 in bartlett tennessee at faith baptist church we are super excited more information as we get closer make sure you stay connected Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking about that time the BBC accidentally ran a pro-life piece. Now, I don't know that it's an accident, but I did read the piece and I did think, wow, do they know that this is a pro-life piece? Do they know that uh, in the month of January, we actually make much of being pro-life in Mm. the Sanctity of Human Life Month? Um, Maybe they know that, maybe they don't. (laughs) Maybe the person who wrote it's going to lose their job later. I don't know. But I read this interesting article about a young woman um, in the UK named Ellie Goldstein. And um, interestingly enough, she made the cover of British Vogue. Mm. um, And she has down syndrome. And the thing that I found fascinating about this article is that the article, I think, had the position that, you know, it's kind of like um, representation, right? Mm -hmm. A person that has a disability being represented on the cover of a magazine. Yeah. Um, And I understand what they were going for. What they accidentally did was make the case of pro-lifers around the world, that Mm -hmm. life has value and life has dignity and worth, and that we should not just be murdering people because they have a disability or because a test comes back and says, um, well, we don't think that that person is valuable and deserving of life. Yeah, I wonder if anyone over there would even catch on to that. that I don't know. That's what happened, you know, and I think it's good for us to point that out because even if they didn't realize that that that's what they were doing, we need to highlight that because life has value. All life 
has value. Amen. You know, when we talk about uh, disabilities and things like that, we can't get into the seat of God and say, well, you know, you don't have all your chromosomes, so you can't Come on. You can't yeah. live in, in you. You're good. So so it's, it's one of those things that we have to keep our foot on the gas about mm-hmm. because life is important. Amen. Amen. And so I wanted to look at this article and then kind of um, challenge us as believers in what we think and even how we think about what it is to be pro-life. I think that there are some believers who believe that you have to have um, an observable potential to be worthy of life. And, and they think that makes them pro-life. And, and what do I mean when I say that? It's the person who will often make the argument, well, this person could have grown up to be this. Right. Or you probably just killed this person. And man, I understand that argument, but I've said for a long time that I think that argument is very dangerous because it connects the worth and the value of the person to what the person may do. Mm-hmm. What I want to say is that if the person grows up and is found sleeping on a park bench in Atlanta, that person still has worth and value because that person is made in the image of God. In Amen. fact, all of our pro-life activism, all of the ways that we think on issues as it pertains to life and as we see abortion as it really is the shedding of innocent blood, we've got to connect that to what God connects it to, that that person is made in his image. And to go back to this, and I want to just kind of, before I get into this um BBC article, I would like to look at Genesis chapter nine, verse six. I think it's so important that the Lord says to Noah, you know, it's sort of like the reboot. It's it's earth 2.0, right? Sure. And so the Lord reestablishes some things and makes some other things clear that maybe um, were not clear. But the, the Bible reads this way in Genesis chapter nine, verse six, whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. Mm. So the Lord directly connects the Imago Dei to the value and worth of a person. It's not what that person might do, what that person could have been. It's who that person is. It's who that person was. That person was made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And I think for us to have a solid footing as we contend and battle in culture, we've got to make sure that that is where we are taking our cues. Yeah, definitely. You know, that scripture that you just read, you know, made in the image of God. Um, like we and we can't decide who those people are and yeah, are not. And I think right. that's what we're trying to do when we say, well, this person has a right to live because they are healthy. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's yeah. the standards of man or whatever. But what does God say? We have to always take it back to the straight edge of scripture and Amen. see what God says about it. You know, he hates the shedding of innocent yeah. blood, yeah. you know. And so when we turn our, uh, our minds to what the word of God says, then we as Christians, well, we can't allow for any room of the destruction of any life. That's right. That's exactly right. It is not our to control. It is not ours to determine worth and value if we believe as we should as we should, that God is the giver of life, that he is sovereign over conception, Mm -hmm. that he is sovereign over birth and over natural death, then we will have a solidly pro-life position. Again, not not rooted in an activism that draws from um, horizontal comparison. Mm -hmm. And what I mean when I say that is we're just saying, well, you could have just killed this person. This person may have, that is a horizontal comparison. Our conviction must be vertical, right? Like at the core, our conviction must be vertical that we want to agree with God that life has worth, value, and dignity, not for what it might be. 
not for its potential, but because what is actual and what is actual is that we are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God, point blank, period, end of discussion. All right. So now let's look at what the BBC did to help us make this case. (laughs) And I want to do it carefully here because I think that there's a way that, you know, even in talking about this article, there is the potential to say, look at what Ellie Goldstein did. Yeah. And look at what you would have stopped happening if you had taken her life. That's not the case I want to make. The case that I actually want to make is to say, you see, again, again, we must not act in the place of God. All life has value and worth and dignity. And even if a person doesn't grow up to don the cover of British Vogue, that person (laughs) has life value and worth and dignity in his or her life. So I want to make sure that I make that case, but I couldn't pass up a moment to say, hey, BBC, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for helping pro-lifers everywhere say that life has value and dignity. All right. So here is the article. I just want to get into reading a little bit of this. Uh, When Ellie Goldstein was born in December of 2001, doctors said she would never be able to walk or talk due to having Down syndrome. Mm. She soon proved them wrong. Ellie went on to make history as the first model with the condition to be featured on the front cover of Vogue. Now, at the age of 22, she has just bought her own home in Essex and recently published a book about her life called Against All Odds. (laughs) In their own words, this model... This cover model and her mother, Yvonne, explained how Ellie has been defying expectations since the day she was born. Now, let's get into it because this article kind of breaks it up into Yvonne's story, the mom, Mm. and Ellie's story. And what I found interesting about Yvonne's piece in in this article is that this is so common, right? This idea of your child does not immediately appear to have any worth or value. Probably you should just discard her. Yeah. That is what she was told. Basically, look, here's what we think is going to be the outcome of this baby. You should probably just leave her here. Let me go back to the article. When Ellie was born, this is the mom in her own words. When Ellie was born, we were shocked to learn she had Down syndrome. The doctor said she would never walk or talk. And a nurse suggested we might want to leave her at the hospital. I struggled to accept her diagnosis and to bond with her. We were told Ellie needed heart surgery, so I was really nervous about getting close to her. When she was five months old, she had a 10-hour operation to close holes in her heart. She spent 10 days in intensive care and another week in the high-dependency unit. After three weeks, we were able to take her home, and her cheeky and determined personality began to shine through. My husband and I, and this is so interesting to me. She writes, my husband and I decided to bring her up as Ellie first and put the fact that she had Down syndrome to one side. So in other words, they were not going to focus on the disability. They were going to focus on personhood. Mm. You are (laughs) Ellie. You are a person. You have worth and you have value and you have dignity. And I think about that and I think about the wisdom of that. And I think about how even getting to this point, that it is quite possible that that produced the outcome that the parents saw, that they didn't focus on her disability, even Mm -hmm. though there are those who surrounded them that would have wanted them to focus solely on that and not only focus solely on the disability, Mm. but also discard her as a result of that. Yeah, think definitely it was as a result of the parents uh take on how they were going to raise their children uh raise their daughter Mm -hmm. you know to not focus on the disability but in who she was like as a person 
I, I think that it's amazing. set her on a track to, you know, do a lot of great things. And yeah. this is one of the great things. And so the thing is, man, the parents, man, kudos to the parents Amen. For, for having that approach and not letting uh, this disability consume them and say, yes. okay, man, well, you know, but they, they were like, no, she's a person yes. and we're going to raise her as a person because she is one. You see the wisdom of God in this, right? Yeah. And the wisdom of God that says people hmm. are made in his image, yeah. right? And that they have value and they have worth because of that fact. And so when the parents elected to say, you are Ellie, they were saying, you're a person. Right. You you That's are good. a person and you have worth and you have value because of the fact that you are a person. Now, mm. this article does not suggest that they went as far um, so as to, to make sure that Ellie understands that she is made in the image of God. But for Bible-believing Christians, we don't just stop at the fact that you are a person. Mm -hmm. We say you are a person, you are made in the image of God mm -hmm. because of that undeniable fact you have worth, you have value. You, you have dignity and you deserve to live. Yeah. You deserve to live. Okay. Getting back to this article, uh, despite what the doctor said, she could walk. Ellie could walk by 18 months. She was speaking by her third birthday and she was able to read by the time she started school. Wow. <laughs> Ellie stayed in mainstream education until it came to doing her exams. And then they moved her to a specialist school. Now, this is something that's really interesting. One day, the mom says a friend told her about a talent agency called Zebedee. I don't know, called Zebedee, <laughs> which wanted to work with people with disabilities and visible differences. So she decided to apply for Ellie. Not long after joining, Ellie was chosen to star in Superdrug's Christmas Advent or Advert. Superdrug's Christmas. I'm, I'm not from the UK, so this is probably <laughs> a major publication, but I don't know. Anyway, it's Superdrug's Christmas Advert in 2018. Her career really took off from there. Um, she said... Her mom always used to say she's definitely going to be someone someday. <laughs> so Ellie's grandmother would say, Ellie's going to be someone someday. <laughs> Can I just say, Ellie is someone from day one. That's right. She is someone <laughs> from day one. I'm going to, I know I editorialize a lot, <laughs> but that's why you listen, right? Like, and I understand what people mean when they say, hey, one day you're going to be somebody. Right. You're somebody from day one. That's okay. Right. Like if and, and again, this is countercultural living where we tell our kids, you are someone because God gave you life. Mm -hmm. You're a person, you have worth and you have value. This is to this is the pro-life position in totality that you are someone. Okay. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Back to this article. The mom says uh, she's very headstrong and feisty, but that's what makes her Ellie. The mom goes on, Ellie still really shocks me. She just loves the camera and the attention. I can see just how much she enjoys it and loves it and makes it all worthwhile. Now this article, I think this is amazing. Ellie recently purchased her own home with the money she's earning from modeling. Now, again, remember, the mom was told your baby won't talk, 
probably won't walk. Mm -hmm. You may as well just leave her at the hospital. Wow. Wow. And this young woman at 22 has just purchased her own home. Now her parents are living with her because they want to make sure, I mean, she is vulnerable in Mm -hmm. many ways, right? And so this is wisdom, but they are also supporting her independence and telling her, reminding her that there are things she can do. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just say, here is Ellie, right? The doctor said, well, you know, she has Down syndrome and so you should probably leave her here. She's 22. She's purchased her own home. Um, They're 22-year-olds without Down syndrome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Who the only home that they may ever own is being constructed on Minecraft. Man, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it, right? Like, but again, this is this is the world that we live in, where we automatically believe that there is potential based on how we define worth and value. Mm. And when you hold the two up side by side, you know, you think of man's definition of what is you know success and worthy mm-hmm. of life, uh, detached from a knowledge and a right fear of God, right? Yeah. But then what what actually happens is you've got kids who are against all odds. And what do I mean when I say that? Against all expectation, and that's tragic, really running circles around those for whom it's been, you know, um, ascribed the greatest expectation. Mm. We believe that you have this potential and you will do these things. I think it shows the folly of rooting our expectation or rooting our value in man's expectation, maybe even a human expectation. Yeah. Again, I give props to her parents. You know, I think you made a point about you have some 22 year olds who now don't, you know, have a house that they bought and stuff like that. (laughs) And, uh, and man, I think a lot of that goes to, well, what were they allowed to do? What were they allowed to think even about themselves or what did they think they couldn't do? You yeah, know? yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of that have to do with parenting. Like, you know, we have to make sure that we set our children on a course where they can be independent yes. and understand that there are some things that they have to do. And I feel like her parents did that for her. They they didn't seem like they made a lot of excuses. They yes, were like, no, you yes. can do. You know, and sometimes I think uh, we can try to overprotect our kids or try to do too much to the till we get to the point where it's like, man, they feel like they can't do. But mm-hmm. this definitely was not her case. I really like where you're going with this because I feel like this is very instructive uh, for parents who are raising kids who don't have Down syndrome, who don't have maybe what might be seen as a physical or a cognitive disability, mm-hmm. uh, the value in telling your kid or teaching your kid that, hey, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in the image of God. Yeah. And therefore, there is potential to do all of the things that God calls you to do. Yeah. Now, the best outcome is that you are connected, you are abiding in the vine mm-hmm. so that you know what those things are, right? There are a lot of great things that can be done in the world. But what you want for your kid is for your kid to want to do the things that God has called that kid to do. Yeah, definitely. That, and that should be the hope of every Christian parent that our children will fulfill the, the uh, call that God has called for them to do and that we would um, empower them and, and nurture them in those things, you know, and not give, not put like a wet blanket over that, yeah, you know, or yeah. say, you know, oh, you can only do this or, or even if we don't say that to, mm-hmm. to act like that in our children's lives. So yeah. uh, it seems like uh, her parents were parents that uh, 
stressed that she could do some things and that, you know, she was not to be hindered by a disability. Mm -hmm. And the outcome has been incredible. Getting back to this BBC article, um, here's Ellie's portion of the story. She writes, um, or she says, I always wanted to be a model, but I didn't see anyone who looked like me on a magazine cover. So I wasn't sure if I could do it, but now I'm living my dream. This just blows my mind. (laughs) She says, I didn't realize I would be famous one day, but I have so much fun dressing up and wearing beautiful dresses. I did three catwalks at London Fashion Week this year, and they were brilliant. Hmm. Looking back at this year, there have been so many good things, but the best bit was probably when my book was published. I was so proud and really excited. I thought, wow, it's my own book. I can actually read it. <laughs> this year in 2024, um, she's also going to be filming a Channel 4 documentary all about the agency that she works with, and it's going to be on TV. And she says that she cannot wait to watch it. I just think this is an incredible story. I don't know if the yeah. BBC intended um, when they ran this article for it to end up being a pro-life piece, but it is absolutely <laughs> a pro-life piece. This right. piece just screams out life has value and yes. worth and dignity, and we should not be a part of the crew cruelty that is prevalent in our society today that says we are the gods of life. This is what our society says. Our our society says we get to determine who has value, who has worth, who has dignity, whose life is worth saving. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's putting ourselves in the place of God, which is very egregious. You know, Um, and and definitely we have shown by our history, even in this country of, you know, killing babies, you know, that we feel like that we are the ones that have the final say so. You know, whether it's the, the parents saying, well, I just don't want this child or, you know, even our government saying you have the right to do that. And so, man, it's, it's egregious. But when you read something like this and mm-hmm. see this story, it's like, wow, man, this just brings home that every life has value and that we can't be the ones to dictate and say, you know, who's valuable and who's not. Amen. Last January, around this time, Representative Ron Estes of, of Kansas announced the reintroduction of the Protecting Individuals with Down Syndrome Act. And this bill honors the rights of individuals with Down syndrome by federally banning doctors from knowingly performing an abortion because a baby received a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. It's amazing the hmm. stories that you read. And I and it, again, this is one of those arguments that mm-hmm. I almost hesitate to make because even if you thought the baby had Down syndrome, like to abort the baby, to kill the baby because the baby is diagnosed with Down syndrome is murder. Yeah. It is not in sync with the knowledge of who God is and right. the value and worth of the individual because that baby is made in the image of God. Having said that, there are still too many cases for us to be okay with where a parent got a wrong diagnosis, mm. had a baby aborted, and then turns out, actually, no, the, the information was wrong. Mm. Now, setting all of that aside, we should not be murdering babies at all. Right. At all. Like, we should not be marring the image of God in his creation. He's the giver of life. He's directly connected that to his image that he has put in this child. And so the child has value and worth and dignity. All right. Getting back to this piece. Um why is it important for us to protect and to value individuals in America, around the world, but we live in America, who have Down syndrome? Because there are other countries like Iceland who are just touting that they are going to eradicate Down syndrome in their country. 
They they hold very high their badge of being able to abort babies who wow. are diagnosed with Down syndrome. Now, we hear something like that and we think, oh, my goodness, this is gruesome. But can I say that the United States of America is not very far behind mm. Iceland? We abort in this country 67% of children who are diagnosed with Down syndrome. Wow. Wow. That's wow. insane. That is insane. 67% <laughs> of children who are diagnosed with Down syndrome, we abort in this country. Like, how, what? Yeah. I mean, you, because at the same time, we talk about like centering oppressed voices. Like, I mean, you don't get any more oppressed than that, that just because of who you are, you are being aborted. Mm. You, you are being executed, having done nothing. This is what we're saying. You have no worth. You have no value. You have, you have no dignity. Well, how do we know that? Because the test came back and said you had an extra chromosome. <laughs> because, you're, because maybe there's a deletion here. Maybe there's an addition here. And so, so we have decided that you then need to be executed. This, this really, um, I think, again, and you just hold this up to this BBC article, and it says, we've got to rethink the way that we consider the value mm -hmm. and the worth of life in the world, but certainly in this country. And I think the best way to do that is to recalibrate our thinking, to go back to God's word, go back to the straight edge of scripture. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I think about in this whole situation, I, we, we have uh, six children, and even the the fact of of that being being given that test, you know, to say, hey, we're going to test for this, you know, that had to come about some at some point, and at some point that what that didn't exist, but mm -hmm. it, it 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 opens up the doubt in the in the minds of the parents to whether they want to keep the children or yeah. not, and even that test is like ah, like we rejected it, yeah, like and, we just refused to have those tests, and so those, those things, man, it's like. That's that's one of the things I look at is like, you know, it's making way for uh, for sin. You yeah. know, it's making yeah. way for decisions that would be based upon, you know, not who uh, a child being uh, in the image of God, but based upon, oh, man, you know, they, they're going to have this disability. I don't want to have to put it goes back to our, looking at our own selves and our own selfishness. And I don't want to have to. And I, it's going to be hard for me to raise yeah. or this type of thing. You know, even that plays into and I was just thinking about it we're talking about this that the whole um uh, thing of having that test it's like man you know as christians what should we do with yeah. that you know yeah. and it's interesting because with our kids certainly as i got older i've i've um we've given well i've given birth but we have welcomed children <laughs> you have no, not me too you know, we said, no we, we we don't believe i'm right that. there no you okay hold on a second now see right look at what there. you've done <laughs> look at what you've done you are right there, like right there. But dear, you are not giving birth, and please Man. don't insult any other woman listening who has given birth. Look, please, husbands, get your boy. Dads, get your boy. He's about to mess it up for you. Okay, I'm just saying, we, like you. Okay. We go through stuff too. Oh my goodness. Okay. Y'all, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not he's trying to set me up. I'm not taking the bait. This is not even a discussion. Oh, please. Okay. Let's just move on. Let's um <clears throat> look. All right. No. We no look. No look. Let's suffice it to oh, say. Man. Let's let let's just let it suffice. Okay. <laughs> 
to say that we welcomed a child <laughs> into the world yes. at different stages in life. <laughs> you were there. Yes. You did not give birth to a child. I don't know why right. this just provokes <laughs> something like. I did not give birth to, the, to a child. But okay. I was right there and <laughs> sort of giving birth. Can you just Actually, say I was, I was right there full stop? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pause as if you're about to like you shared in this with me. Dad's I, everywhere. Get your boy. Come on, man. I did share no. in this with you. Like this, <laughs> I didn't give birth, but man. All right, continue on. <laughs> Why <What a> face? <laughs> you want to talk um. about men and women's sports and how it's an insult to women? You know what's an insult to women? When fathers act in any way like they like they absolutely shared in the birth of the child. I didn't say that. This, okay. I said, you know, yeah. This okay. just went this went birth. off the rails. <laughs> this just went off the rails. Because okay, let me do you want to stop the recording? No, do you want to reset no, it? No, we're good. I said what I said. I didn't give birth. You know, but Don't, I was right wait, there. Wait, but why do you? Ha why is there inflection in your voice? I didn't give birth and because that almost says to people like you did something else. Like you wait, didn't. So I didn't you do didn't... anything. Whole family. <clears throat> okay, okay. Let's get back to yes. this. Ella. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen. Oh um, man. Man, I almost feel like when you resist those cultural trends, <laughs> I, I just don't. No, Look, we once finish. we're done, no. once we're done with this recording, we're going to talk about this. No, we're not. And I can tell you, I can tell you for sure that the next episode you hear, you're going to be, you're going to hear a different brother. Okay. We just, it just, we just need to get on the same page here and we will, we'll get on the same page. You would think that after six kids, uh, and you would think that, you know, almost 20 years of marriage that we would have an understanding about we who gave birth a, to the it, children you gave birth to the children i didn't i never refuted that <laughs> how we want to end it, this uh what i what i would like to say <laughs> um is that we are not very far behind some of the countries that we may bristle at mm. who they have attached worth and value to um test to medical tests yeah. um this is egregious you know again looking at iceland who really kind of holds their record up pretty high of quote unquote, eradicating Down syndrome mm. um, in their society. American society is not very far behind yeah. aborting 67% of babies that are diagnosed with Down syndrome. What I find interesting about that is that there was a 2023 Marist poll that found Americans, the majority of Americans, 60% are opposed to abortion if the child is to be born with Down syndrome. So it's interesting to me that mm. our feelings or our sentiment about this practice based on medical diagnosis is not consistent with what's actually happening. Uh -huh. So maybe people feel like to say that should happen is wrong, but they are willing to do it. Wow. So yeah. And if that's the case, that's, that's, that's bad. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but definitely we know that it's happening because we have the numbers on how many are being aborted. Yeah. 67% so, really high, too high. Wow. Um, I think it shows that in a, well, we like to say Christian nation, but really mm -hmm. to be accurate, it's a post-Christian nation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that those numbers are too high. And 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 again, um, the reality is 
most people do not have a conviction that comes from scripture. Mm. Most people have a culturally normative conviction or a horizontal, socially constructed conviction. Like, well, I'm better than that person because I would only abort a baby if the baby were not going to be able to live its best life. Right. And so then you then become the one who determines mm. what the best life is. How about the best life is is life in Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. And in order to get there to be born again, you got to be born. Mm. Right. So Amen. that's I mean, so so let's just have our definitions checked against the authority of God's word. I know that that's, that's an unpopular position. A lot of people wouldn't be trying to, you know, affirm that. Um, but man, we're not trying to be better than the person next to us. Right. We're trying to look at God's word and say, how do I get as close to that as I possibly can? That's right. And that is valuing what God values. And he values life because he is the giver of life. And that life is made in his image. Amen. And that Amen. hasn't changed. Last we checked, last we checked, that's not changed in scripture. And you know, it's interesting. And I, I'll say this as we kind of wrap up here. It's interesting to me to look back over the history of the church and to see how the church has been responsible for for changing and shifting culture everywhere we have been. Mm. Everywhere we have been throughout the Roman Empire, you see the discarding of babies or the exposure of babies, as it was called. You see that eradicated because why? Christians stepped in and rescued those babies, thereby saying publicly and consistently, these babies have worth and value. Even if the parents don't want them, they have worth and they have value. And I yeah. think that's what Christians are supposed to do. That's what we were tasked with doing in this country. But sad to say, we have failed in many ways because we just choose to do often what is culturally normative. Yeah, that's true. But the bottom line is, uh, in God's economy, all life has value. Amen. And he has made man in, in his image. And we as believers, as Christians, uh, are bound, you know, and our desire is to see the things the, the way that God has set them and not go along with this culture. This culture wants to give excuse and say, well, if you don't have this and if you don't have that, well, we can do away with you. We don't say that as Christians, you know, and historically we haven't said that as Christians. So. Mm, and that's tragic. That's a that's an indictment on us as yeah. believers. Uh, just one other note here of 50 states. Uh, so far, eight states have enacted legislation to prohibit abortion on the basis of a Down syndrome diagnosis. That is too small. Yeah. That's far too small yeah. a number. So anyway, we want to agree with God. That's what we want to do. We want to agree with God that what he says is good and right and true yes. and worthy of submitting our lives to. Um, this is a part of uh, what it looks like to resist. Mm. When we resist yes. those cultural trends that rival the truth, we will remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. is wrong with you like what like how how in the world are you gonna even for how are you gonna even for a second oh, what is wrong on. with you come on nothing's you, wrong with me like, how can you with a straight face like how can you with a straight face 
like even pause and like let your cadence like how do you even <laughs> give what inflection I was saying was to not your wrong. voice? I was there, babe. You did not deliver a I baby. Not I one a baby. child passed through your say, body. I didn't say I delivered a baby. I never said. But that. you gave we an can inflection. Roll the tape back and see. We will roll let the, the record tape back. show. It will show. <laughs> you gave every dad listening cringed. When you were like, I didn't give birth. They were right. like, oh, no, brother. Brother, brother, you never, ever, <laughs> We got to hit me, hit me out. But I was there and, you know, like, man. But that doesn't compare. Like, that's I not even. I didn't compare. Babe, but, but it's, you, it's, you, it's, it's significant. You indicate. No. It, okay, that, I'm sorry. Because there was ahead. a time when dads couldn't even be in the room. Like, it was like, you, you wait in the waiting room. And there's yeah, a reason, you know. because the doctors knew that one day they would go on to feel like they had done something <laughs> no. simply because they were there. <sighs> I don't care how many hands you hold, how many backs you rub, how much ice you bring. You are not birthing a child. I did. I never said that. I if never you said think, I birthed I'm gonna, a child. Look, never. I, in the words of Joe Biden, if you think you gave birth to the child, you ain't black. <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. All right. <laughs>